0: I'm going to, um, does anyone have quick. a particular question for them? And I also, I just uh, have set up the recording, so I'm just letting you all know that the, the rest of the comments will be recorded so that we can post it on the site for folks who can't join. Any, any other particular questions about the, the dual intern role before we talk more about, like, what happens at the practicum site?
1: Um, real quick, this is Brecken. Um, I currently am at a school where I have two guys who work with me, but I have a separate mentor, so I'm the only one with my mentor. And I actually, um, I made this decision at the beginning because I am an only child and sharing is definitely not my business. <laughs> um, but I will say that I really actually regret that decision. I wish that I had someone else at my side that I could mount thoughts off of and um, work with collaboratively more often. So mm-hmm. just another perspective on that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm a little confused. I thought your principal is automatically supposed to be your mentor. Is that
0: not right? Um, I'm, I'm sorry if I'm if any of the language that we use isn't clear. Uh, we use the word mentor as the that the mentor is the principal of the school that you'd be working in. At some in some cases oh, it's okay. a, if it's charter school, that person may have a different name and might he or she might be called the director. but the yeah, so that,
1: at my school. There's two mentors because we have a middle and a high school. So we have two principals. Oh, we have a middle okay, and a high school principal. That's the only reason why
0: there's two mentors, because there's also two principals. Right. Oh, I see that. Yeah, that's where the confusion would come. Um, anything else about the, the the idea? And it's your choice. You'll see some sites that are open to to, uh, to, uh, to two interns um, and some that aren't if it feels important to you to because you may be, unlike Reckon, you're from a very large family, you know, and you don't want to whatever, you know. Um, just you, you know, figure figure that out. Um, any any questions about that before we sort of get into like what it looks like once you're in a in a practicum site? Okay, so um, again, what I'll do is I'll do uh, like a, a couple sentences as an overview, and then in, invite Chris, Jasmine, and, and Brecken to um, to to kind of fill in like what they're actually doing. Um, so the um, the at what we do is uh, we we actually start the program with um, with an intensive um, seven days um, at at Harvard. This is all this is in early August. The start date is the Monday. I think it's August 3rd or August 4th. I don't have my calendar. Um, and we'll spend we'll spend we'll spend that that chunk of time together, uh, building a cohort, um, looking uh, framing some of the big ideas that we're going to be uh, addressing over the course of the year. Uh, doing a lot of videotapes, role plays, practicing conversations. We also will bring in people who have been in the internship um, uh, in the last year or two, as well as mentors to talk about some of the talk in more detail about what you do in the practicum site. And then the last day of that, so the seventh day that we're together, we bring the mentors onto campus. Um, and we we think of that as the launch. Um, we do some common framing. Uh, one of the questions earlier was to what extent do the mentors know something about, like what do they know about coursework, what do they know about the program approach, and we certainly try to share that with them so that um, your theory practice integration is powerful, because that's what we want. Um, right after that, and this it, for the next uh, um, uh, eight or nine days, um, our students are full-time at the site, and this is before Harvard has started. So you actually, that's why you're coming in early August. About half of that time is, uh, is, is together bonding, building a cohort, um, doing that work. And then the other half is, uh, getting fully immersed in your practicum site without any stresses and pulls from, you know, from, from, from everything else. And then, um, typically people will spend a, anywhere from two to two and a half days a week at the site during the school year while Harvard is in session. And then we ask that for when Harvard's not in session, which means in the, during the winter break and after classes end in April, that you get an opportunity to have some full-time time at your site, uh, like a couple of weeks during the break, winter break, and then a couple of weeks at the end. Um, because what we find is people really like the opportunity to to be full-time at the site, but they can't because they're also um, being um, being students. The the um, there are some expectations that, uh, that the program and the state have for several different kind of um, structured ex- projects that are really designed around your learning. Um, everybody does them in one way or another, but the, the actual specifics of how they're done are customized to, uh, to a conversation that you would have with your mentor and also with your coach because everybody has a, um, an experienced school leader who will also serve as your coach, in addition to the mentor, who is your principal. Um, and let me t- let me turn things over and, uh, to uh, some of the current students to talk a little bit about some of the work that they're doing. Um, maybe talk about some of the some of the uh, the project, the performance assessment work, or whatever whatever you feel like will make the most sense at this point. Who who wants to start?
1: Jasmine,
2: you got anything? Uh, yeah, I just thought. Uh, at the beginning of the year, um, Jasmine and I actually got a chance to attend um, EXO High School's retreat. Um, at, at that point, actually, I think we met with our mentor to kind of plan some, some aspects of their retreat. We looked at okay. data and um, aggregated the data, and at that point, we decided what areas we wanted to really focus on for the year regarding our um, our PALS. And Jasmine and I decided that we wanted to start with PAL 4, which is the family and engagement um, assessments, performance assessment. And I think if you're able to identify at the beginning um, what you'd like to work on specific projects like the Easier for you to get uh, a jump start with that with your, um, with your mentor um, principal. I kind of look with the science team. I was kind of hesitant uh, at the beginning of the year because I don't have a science background. Um, I came from a, a, a social science background, so I'm not sure how effective I would have been with that team. Um, but my mentor principal felt that um, I had the strength to, uh, enough to, to work to help build um, that team. And so I've been working with the science team all year, um, with doing different team development activities, um, with them, having them, you know, teach them how to collaborate with each other, um, digging into the data, um, supporting each other, um, various best practices and so forth. I've also worked with several new teachers. Um, we have a new teacher support program at the school. So I work with the teacher leaders, um, in making sure that they have everything they need, um, as a new teacher, I also in their classrooms every week doing observations and giving feedback. Um other let's see. and also I, I also like, mentioned um, me and I started a family and engagement team at the school to kind of look at to kind of get more families um, engaged in the school and uh, an initiative every quarter for families and staff and students to to get involved with. So uh, it's a lot of things that you could do uh, at the school, um, but I think it's having a really rich conversation with your mentor, principal, of what you'd like to specifically um, work on, um, and what's going to work for you um, at this particular site.
0: Thank you, and let me let me add just a little because I threw out an, I threw out a, a, a name an acronym that we use a lot that would otherwise be un- unclear. The The state has um, has set out uh, certain uh, four performance assessments for leaders, which get known by the catchy phrase of PALS. You just heard Chris use that phrase. Um, And one of them, and they're they're essentially it's a kind of a project-based learning thing where you're you're doing real work, and that's that's so it's not like an assessment like a paper and pencil test. You're actually doing real work. The first one is one. That that focuses on using data to look at uh, as an equity issue at some population that's not being well served. That's Pal one, second one, and this this now you can now think about what Chris was just saying about some of the different roles that he took. The second one is um, is working leading a team, um, helping helping to do some team improvement work, usually around an instructional issue and maybe tied to the. Equity issue that was framed in, in the in the in the PAL one, which is also about gathering data to do that. A third a third performance assessment is around teacher uh, teacher evaluation and support and giving feedback to teachers, and a fourth is family and community engagement. So you'll find that in one way or another, all of our students are doing that. Um, they may do it in a different eight. order, and they they're always customizing those broad topics to meet their learning needs as well as the needs of the school. Jasmia or Brecken, do you want to add something about some of what you do?
1: Um, Yeah, so kind of going off the PALS framework, um, I found a priority area at the beginning of the school year was our school's uh, special education population. And so I used that as my work for PAL 1, but then... The great thing about it is, I was able to carry that over into PAL two, um, so PAL one's data collection, and then PAL two is going into working with the team, and so I was able to fo- focus my teamwork on um, our party or area of our special education students and how that helps and that best meet their needs at the school. So then, of course, for PAL three, I've done observations with teachers. For PAL four, much like Chris and Jasmia, I was able to start a family. Um, engagement at council at our school, and but in addition to just doing things in the PALS, I've also been able to pick projects that I wanted to do on my own, so I've also um, spent time this semester, I'm actually helping hiring for next semester, or for next school year for the school, uh, so that's been a huge thing on my plate, because I'm helping them go through the full process of hiring teachers, and that's something that I wanted to help them do, and my mentor was great about letting me jump in and help with that entire process.
3: Yeah. Um so kinda of going off of house, because although um, it definitely helps to enhance our learning, um, it's there it's, it's it is mandated in order for us to um, receive our principal licensure. So along with those things we also have kind of the autonomy, um, and a lot of the practical parts for you to come involved with a lot of um, other projects or teams or committees that are doing great work. I know Chris and I work um, very closely with the discipline team. We're able to um, conduct and sit in on a lot of hearings. Uh, We've really become kind of a part of the school um, community. So wherever there's a need or wherever we see um, an area where we want to jump in and help them through, our principal has definitely given us the range to be able um, to do that. So uh, along with the pals we, we also have kind of a great responsibility in helping the school kind of function on the on a day-to-day basis.
0: Great. So let me invite questions from, from folks, admitted students. And, again, it's a little hard to regulate this because um, – you know, so speaking. If someone else is speaking, stop, and we'll hopefully we'll be able to do that. But what are some questions you have? Um, actually, before I just want to mention that um, I don't know, if, Brecken, if you were doing this, but some of the students, particularly if they focused on the special ed uh, populations, were also tying it to. Um, this addresses uh, one of the questions I think from uh, Angela. Uh, you were asking about coursework and and uh, and the practicum. Um, a number of our students uh, were taking a course by Tom Hare, uh, taught by Tom Hare, um, who's a you know a national international expert on special education, and they were able to use the uh, you know the performance assessment work um, in uh, the, in the practicum as the material for their uh, class project in that class as well. So you know whenever possible, we invite people to make connections so that. They're not, you know, like they're not duplicating things, and that they're actually reinforcing connections between theory and practice. Um, let me open it to um, to uh, to questions. Um, what 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 some, what are some follow-ups that you have that you'd like to ask us to? Use? Um,
1: this is Lorna, and this might be a question um, more towards Lee. Do you find that there's a difference between the practicum that, um, if someone's in the school developer tracks versus the um, principal
0: licensure tracks? Um, yeah, so here are some of the differences. So everyone everyone knows that there are two there are two tracks within your, your everyone is an SLP student. Um, some people are seeking licensure as principals, and some people are, are interested in being school developers, um, don't particularly care whether they get licensed um, or not, um, and are, are interested in either working in, Schools that don't require a license, or many of the school developers want to surprise, surprise, develop schools. You know, which is, um, and um, uh, a couple of things. One of the, one of the things that we find is that that some of the school developers decide that they also are interested in getting licensed because it's only another, like it's a half a course, it's a it's a module in the law course, um, so it's not all that much different in terms of extra time and so on and. Typically, every year we start with about 40% school developers, and by the end, like a lot of people have chosen to get licensed. Um, that doesn't change their desire to be school developers, and it doesn't change the way they customize. There are several ways that people customize. One is um, one is at the site. They, you know, they. Um, we've had people who have been deliberately interested in going to a like a charter school that's about to open another school, because they can get on the inside track of that. Um, and, you know, and we'll, we'll, we'll deliberately pick, uh, us to have as their mentor someone who is involved in starting the new school. Uh, in fact, last year, our graduate from, one of the graduates from last year had us a practicum site. It was exactly that situation in, at City on a Hill. They were opening another campus. And so she not only was the intern that year, but she got hired and became the principal of the new school, which was, a, which was kind of good for everybody. Um, she had been really well prepared by them as well as well prepared by us. Um, another form of customization um, is that we we ask people at the um, if they are willing to host a, a student who might in the spring of their year be interested in using some of their practicum time at another site. In other words, it's often really useful for school developers to see other schools. Um, so they will they will typically work with their um, with their principal mentor to help develop a list of here are some other places that you may want to visit um, beyond that um, the people might choose like in a charter school which might have an executive director as well as several principals school developers will may choose to work with the executive director because they would be learning some some levels of um, have access to levels of information and different kinds of tasks than they might have with a principal. And finally, um, the there are courses, and this typically shows up in the spring more than in the fall, where there are, there are, uh, right now, uh, and there usually are two courses that are really designed for people um, who are either want to develop a charter school or open another, or open a school more generally. It doesn't have to be a charter school. Um, and those are led by people who have you know, have done that work, um, so I hope that answers some of your school developer questions.
1: Mm-hmm. Thank you.
0: Other other questions about the practicum um, uh, that uh, that you would like to ask particular? I mean, I'm happy to answer them, but I'm also would refer you to the to uh, the three students on the call. Can
1: you hear some other examples of adult management?
0: Sure. Who'd like that one? Adult management.
1: Um, In in what capacity, like, what all do you do when you're saying adult adult management? Do you mean just at our practicum? Yeah, at your practicum. What are some examples of, like, how, like, the projects you might have? Or um, a couple of you mentioned being on the science team or ELA. Does that mean you were leading those teams or you were helping to design curriculum? Like, what were some of your responsibilities? Sure. Um, So I'll, I'll start. Um... So when I led a team, I was actually working with, I would like to say, collaborating, not just leading, but collaborating with the two grade-level chairs that we had at our school. They're both new to their positions. And so I was working with them to best figure out um, not only how we meet the needs of special needs students, but also how to hone their leadership based on things I was learning in my classes. Um, But then also there's a lot of, I've been doing a lot of coaching through doing observations and evaluations of the teachers at the school. I don't know if that fully answers your question, but there's a lot of opportunities to manage adults in different ways. Mm-hmm.
0: Anyone else want to weigh in on that or um, before we invite another question?
3: Um, so you, you have plenty of opportunities. I think it's really about... Um, how you want to kind of step into that terrain and how much autonomy your principal gives you to do that. Chris and I have a whole lot of responsibility with adult management, um, with every team that we work with. We're generally leading meetings, creating agendas, um, having uh, follow-up meetings with uh, teachers or teams of individuals, and also doing a lot of, or rather facilitating, like we're preparing to do, you know, difficult conversations and things of of that nature. So uh, we're getting a a lot of experience with adult management, absolutely. And I assume also within just SLP in general, we have a lot of opportunities to do that as well.
2: Yes, I just quickly add that, like, when you're at your practicum site, you are considered one of the admins. Um, so teachers, their staff members are going to come with you with troubleshooting issues, um, trying to help them, you know, resolve student conflicts, meeting with the parents. So there's, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of other opportunities, things that you're going to really get into that may or may not be related, um directly to the, the panel, per se. Um Jasmine and I have worked closely with the deans. Um, the, the deans at the school, the counselors, the, the family engagement coordinator, uh, theres things that they're working on um, that they probably need our support. Um, with. The, it's just a lot of, you're working a, a lot a lot for a lot of different individuals. So it really gives you a really good hands-on experience um, as you prepare for you want know, to come as a leader.
0: So just uh, kind of a, a another thought and comment about the practicum. Um, is that is I, I want to describe a little bit more about how it might get customized for to meet your learning needs? Um, so I mentioned earlier that in addition to um, to working with the mentor on site, you also will have a, uh, a coach, last supervisor, who's employed by us, who's um, uh, by by the Harvard Graduate School of Education, who's somebody who has. Uh, background: Either uh, some of some of the folks that we use are retired uh, administrators in the area, others are um, are people who've had maybe four or five to six years of experience, either starting a school or um, or as a principal of a school, and they've come they've stopped in their career and um, and come to the to Harvard to be a part of the um, educational leadership degree program, the EDLD program. Um, and that becomes a great source for us of people who are uh, basically fairly recently out of the leadership roles, um, and who are taking courses that are similar to yours. In some cases, they'll be in your classes, um, and they're also, you know, very experienced as principals and school developers. Um, and they they will come to they will uh, come to your site uh, 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 six times over the year. Observe you taking some leadership. Give you some feedback on that. Meet with your mentor, um, and overall help you customize um, the uh, your your program at your site to meet your needs. So it's not like a like one size fits all. where Everybody does exactly the same thing. Those those assignments are broad frameworks um, that then get customized to meet your needs and the needs of the um, the folks. Uh, I'm sorry, the needs the needs actually at the school. And in, by October, about which is about two months in, um, we ask you to do a, a customized leadership learning plan. It's kind of a map for how your, or you have organized your year um, in consultation with your coach and with your mentor um, to best meet your learning needs and also to, to add some value to the school. Um, let me invite if there are any other questions about the practicum, and then we still have a few minutes if people want to like open it up more broadly. We build this as a mostly practicum kind of thing, um, but let's let me invite questions about the practicum. But if there's something else that you'd like after that, um, you, you're certainly welcome to uh, to ask. Um, any other practicum questions?
1: have one if no one's going sorry to learn again Um, are most of the mentors returning mentors or are they in that role for the first time
0: so we we have a pretty uh, a a pretty strong pool of mentors who come back with us year year after year Um, and um, so it'll vary this past year um, we had some turnover we actually had some people leaving so probably I would say this this past year the current year rather um i would say that maybe as many as thirty five to forty percent of our mentors were new um that's high. typically it's more like you know twenty percent we just had a combination of retirees and people who left or moved out of the area um so you know wh- what we do is we work hard to connect those mentors to us so that they know you know it's not like just a disembodied you show up um they come they come uh to us. On campus um, three times over the year, for uh, for some framing around like what are we doing together. Some learning like we just had one last week that was focused on giving and receiving feedback. We try to always do some common teaching. At the same time, you know we're, the more that they are connected to us, the better mentor they are for you. Um, so we do what we can to uh, uh, to do that. Any other practicum question? I'll give a pause for that
1: logistical question about timing, yeah. um, and like winter break, is there any time to be
3: able to travel home?
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, um, it's fair enough. You're getting panicked, you know. Here, yeah. you know, <laughs> um, the the winter break, the last class is usually around um, December second or third, and the first class for the spring semester is usually around January twenty fourth um, oh, wow. or fifth. In between that, there's a January term which starts in January, early January, uh, like January 4th, 5th. A lot of us students like to take them. You can sort of take an intense half course at that time. So, you know, basically what we're doing is we expect that people will go home for usually like a week or two um, around Christmas, New Year's, but there's still time to both take a January term course and, um, you know, and spend a couple of weeks at your school. So don't panic. Okay. <laughs> and don't be shy about logistic questions or anything else. Any uh, kind of last call around the practicum. Any anything else that's would help you know you know be prepared, know what's going on. Then let me let me open it up. Um, the, uh, are there other other questions and anything like? Like I, I, these students are wonderful. All, our students are great. I appreciate. Thank you to for you for you know for joining on the call. Um, and you can ask them anything. So, ask
2: them. Hi, I have a question. Um, this is Michael Raven here. Just curious about. I guess this is kind of about the practicum still, but uh, you know, a, a week at a glance. So in terms of how many classes you're taking in an average week, what kind of time you spend on campus versus at your school site. Um, and I, I guess that would vary throughout the year, maybe. We'll just kind of get an overview of what that would look
0: like. Mm-hmm. Very great, great question. Um, Who would like to pick that one up? Okay, I'll take it. Oh, uh, Jeff? Uh, uh, yeah, that's real.
3: Go ahead, Jeff. Okay, real quick. Um so we're required in um, I believe it's 20 hours that I practice some site um, each week so that equals out to about two days um, some of us do two and a half days and some of us do three days I'm just praying I think I'll be able to pull off three days but um it's, it's really it's really up to you and how you plan your schedule Um it suggested that we take about four to four-and-a-half um, classes and not much more than that because it is difficult to manage once you exceed that and also fulfilling the requirements uh, with practicum, But around the four, four-and-a-half mark, it's definitely manageable to um, fulfill the requirements for your class as well as the requirements for uh
0: Um, other other questions.
1: I have a very logistical question. Would you guys recommend having a car, or did you get to your site using public transportation? Um, from your experience, like what are most people doing? I guess.
2: Uh, I guess this is a crisp. Um I think it depends. <laughs> on where you decide to live and how far is away from your practicum sites. Um, I think there are some T stations closer to some of the practicum sites. Um, I think many of our cohort members some have cars, some don't. Um, so I guess it depends on, on where you are uh, in relations to public transportation. Um, and if that's also close to your parking sites. Yeah, it's pretty mixed. Some of us have cars, some don't. Um, Parking on campus should be quite difficult sometimes. So, but it's manageable. I think there there are um, places to park. Um, However, I'm not sure that answered your question, but uh, yes, you can't have cars (laughs) here.
1: So I will say, well, first of all, second again, you guys are learning a lot about me tonight. Um, Not only am I only a child, I'm also quite uh, frugal. And when I saw how much it was going to be to park my car, um, I sold my car before coming up here. And so (laughs) I have not driven around the city at all. I have taken public transportation. I have taken a cab once in the few months that I've been here. Um, So it it is definitely doable, and I do a lot around the Boston-Cambridge area, and I do it all from walking um, and taking the tea using the buses. So, I mean, it's a decision you have to make on your own and, like, figure out what you can do financially, but it is very doable to be without a car. Yeah. Okay. How, what's, what's
2: the farthest these
1: sites about? are? What did you say? Oh, sorry. What's, oh, like, yeah. the farthest distance these sites can be?
0: Uh, they can be. I know, m- most of them are in Boston or Cambridge, um, but there are some parts of Boston that are further than others. But it's a pretty good-sized city, um, and uh, we actually have occasionally have had students who've wanted okay. to be outside, and we try to accommodate them. Um, the one of the things that's helpful for you is that. Um, is that is just to know is that if there are any unusual circumstances like that about the practicum site like they're really hard to get to by public transportation that'll be posted on the um you know on the website and you might make some choices about about you know where you want to where you want to go based on that if you decide that if you don't have a car decide not to bring a car
1: Welcome. This service is provided by freeconferencecall.com. Please enter your access code followed by the pound sign. You entered 4, 7, 5, 6, 1, 2. If this is correct, press 1. To re enter your access, there are 12 participants in this conference. Please announce yourself. And um, my project comes in Cambridge, but that is one of the better ones. Like, a lot of people have a very long commute. Um,
3: yeah. I, um, I to, oh,
1: yeah, go ahead. Oh, sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry.
3: No, I was just saying that my room is in South Boston and I live in Cambridge and I'm not a big public transit person, so I did bring my car and my commute is 15 minutes at the most. Um both ways. So but I decided to bring my car and I got my plates changed to Massachusetts so that I'm able to park on Cambridge Street for free, no tickets, things like that. So Yeah.
1: Yeah, and I know um this is another person in our cohort, but like a friend of mine, Eric, his school's pretty far away and so he does public transport um transportation because he also doesn't have a car and I don't know exactly where his school is, but it's one of the further ones. And his commute's about an hour. Um, but that's all in public transportation. And that's the worst commute I've heard.
0: Other other questions? And uh, we have a few more minutes. Uh, kind of lined up. We've blocked out an hour. Um, and other questions that folks have?
1: Yeah, questions. Um, this is Angela, Dong. Um it sounds like the, the mentors are really invested. How in are relationships with the other staff members and faculty at the school? Are they generally related positive as
2: well?
0: Um, I will invite the students to answer that. They ha- would have better fixes on that than I do. Yeah,
1: sorry, sure. Can you
3: repeat the question? I'm sorry, I didn't hear it. And yeah,
1: yeah so it. her question, um, which I'll answer first, and then I think it's, this is another great one to hear both of our perspectives. Um, so her question is, what is the relationship like with the other adults in the building, not just our mentor? Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. um, and so I think that from my perspective, like, that can be very different for different people. I have a pr- pretty good relationship, at least what I'm perceiving to be a pretty good relationship, with the other adults in the building. Um, a lot of that is just because I spend as little time as possible sitting at a desk, and I just am always walking around the school and talking to everyone. Um, So, yeah, I think that really is going to depend on how you walk into the school and how you enter. Uh, Lee will tell you first week he'll give you some hot shot versus humble advice, so I'm going to ruin that for him. So I'll go ahead and let you guys wait for that.
0: Anything else? Any other? Any other question? Anything else on your mind?
2: I think. Uh, Lee can I add something. Of course. I think it's very important um, as you transition yourself into the largest of into a present that you build relationships with um, not only teachers but the support staff as well as you even you working on them on their projects as well and you get different perspectives. Uh, on, on, on their role, um, in the school. I think relationship building is very powerful for Jasmine and I because we're able to connect, um, with many of the staff members where, you know, we're part of the school and, you know, they understand that. So many of our work is very authentic and, and genuine and they know that, you know, it's not just an internship experience. You know, you know, we're here to, to, um, assist them, you know, and as
0: well. Yeah, thanks for adding that. I think that's, that's, that's important. And some of it is also like it's investment. If they know that you're invested in the school and they see you doing real work at the school, they respond very differently. Um, one of the things, one of the pieces of advice that one of our students gave uh, just before this, uh, j- during the summer just before um, people went into the factory, was they said, you know, go use that time before school starts to actually get to know people. Like talk to them, you know, talk to other teachers, talk to support staff, you know, so that, because it gets kind of crazy once Harvard classes start, you're doing a whole bunch of different things, um, and it's those relationships that build, building that really helps, um, that really helps move things along. I'm going to, unless there's a last question, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of say a closing comment and, um, I'll, I'll pause for a second if there's one last one.
1: Can I ask a, a quick one? Sure. I was wondering how well you feel you get to know the students at your practicum site?
0: Mm, okay. <laughs> Who wants it?
3: Okay. I guess go ahead, Josh. <laughs> um, just real quick, speaking for Chris, if he doesn't mind, um, speaking for... For us, we were both able to develop a girls and a boys group at our school, which allowed us to, um, yeah, which allowed us to develop very close relationships with um, the students there and then just organically and seeing students and I guess kind of depending on your personality as well, um, who you interact with, just interacting with the teachers and teams and the support staff with deans just, it kind of organically happens and you start to build those relationships. But if you want to be more intentional, um, me and Chris intentionally developed these two groups because we saw a need in our school and our mentor allowed us um, to do that. So we've definitely been able to, to develop um, pretty close relationships with a lot of the students at the school. That's awesome. Yeah, I would yeah,
2: say
1: it's a lot harder to do than like if you're coming from a teaching position and that was something that at the beginning of the year made me pretty sad to be doing those great relationships with students um, so I like volunteered to help out um, much like Jazz and Chris have done um, and so I like am one of the volunteer sponsors of their Gay Street Alliance with the students and so but if I didn't have that there would definitely not be as many students that I'd know so I think it's Part of that, like walking around, very similar to building the relationships with adults. Like, you have to make it happen.
2: Great. Yeah, so I would just like to add that, you know, we were there on the first day of school and we greeted all of the kids coming in. They didn't know that we were interns. Um, you know, they saw we part of the admin team and so we introduced ourselves, you know, assistant headmaster, you know, and, and then you just gradually develop relationships and that's why it's important to build relationships with other staff members they introduce you to the students as well. And, you know, after a while, you you know, you start to talk to students and get to know them a bit. They see you in the classrooms and when you come up to the teachers. Uh, I know I sponsor the the student government. So um, I I know all of those students organize events together. And so, uh, you know, like Jim said, you know, it happens organically. Uh, But you have to be open to it. You can't go to the practice side and in your office then and look at your computer screen, you got to get out, be visible, to talk to the students, talk to the staff members, and that's how you develop the relationship with the students and the staff. Awesome.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Also a great question. And um, I want to close this by just uh, thanking uh, thanking Jasmine, Chris, and Brecken for um, for for joining us, I if we could clap on the line, I think you'd get a round of applause um, from from uh, the people who are who are on it. Um, and it's also it's also fun for me to hear your answers to the questions because I learned more about some of the questions pushed me to got me to hear stuff that I might not otherwise know about, like how you're connecting with kids. Um, and to all the rest of you who are you know who've been admitted, um, you, we view these opportunities as real opportunities to. Um, to not not so much to recruit you, but to give you information to help you make a good choice. Um, we we hope that um, we hope that this session has been helpful. We invite you. We're doing another one that's focusing on issues of race and equity on Wednesday. There's an open house next Monday. If there are other questions, you can reach out to me. You can reach out to students. We we're happy to connect you. Um, and um, You know, as as I said before, this is you know I I love this program. I'm honored to be teaching it. It's not for the faint of heart. It's really a focused program for folks who have a real commitment to uh, to doing this work. And um, we we admitted you because we think that you are you are in that category. And if if you decide to come, we're thrilled to uh, to work with you and um, and know that you'll be able to have a fabulous year. So. Thanks for joining us. Thanks again to the students. And um, don't hesitate to reach out with any other questions. And good night. Thank you. Okay. Take thank care you. everyone. Take care. Bye. Bye. Uh,
3: thank you. Have a great night. I had no idea it was going to